Whitecollarboxing.com, first in fight fitness. Been in business for 20 years. Offer boxing, kickboxing, and karate. The original CrossFit training program. We stretch like you do in yoga. We hit the heavy bags like you do in boxing and kickboxing. We do kata, and we also compete in tournaments, so we have people that are just working out for fitness only. Go check out our website at whitecollarboxing.com or call 972-851-5656. This is uh, Liz Leone from Massachusetts. next entertainer sounds homegrown Tiffany Horton from Highland Park, Texas
the House of Normandy. Normally, I'd be over this by now, a missing piece that I can't seem to find is haunting me like a dream I can't remember, and I still hear an. Questions echo deep inside. It's been three days, two months, one year since I found the strength to come back here. Oh, I wish I could go back in time and change the day that I crossed that line. If you wanna catch a glimpse of white, I hang my head and I still cry. Oh, the truth is plain to see. Began and never dreamed that I'd get left behind constantly. Reminded of that time where who I was and who I am fractured in my mind. It's been three days, two months, one year since I found the strength to come. Coming up next is Coach Carla. Hi, everybody. This is Jeff Overtur from WTFRadio.me. Uh, today's guest, we have Coach Carla. Hey, Carla, how you doing today? I am doing great, thank you. How are you? Doing really good. Hey, listen, uh, tell, tell the listeners a little bit about yourself, would you? I would be delighted to. Well, let's see. Um, today, the woman that I am is 135 pounds lighter 
having at one point in my life weighed 330 pounds. And so needless to say, the transformation with it brought a lot of life changes. That sounds pretty good. Not a lot of people can say they lost that much weight, ever. Right, and let alone maintained it for the past 18 years. That's a long time. So what's your secret? You know, it's a balance of basically what I call the four pillars of my success, which is, you know, eating less, eating properly, moving more, basically interjecting behavioral changes and setting up for myself accountability systems. Uh, When you said uh, you uh, moving a little more, what were you talking about in that regard? Well, you know, I hate the gym and I'm not someone who will ever embrace going to work out, but I understand the need for cardio, and so I found the perfect niche with sprint training. And so that's something that I can do in just 10 minutes a day, one minute increments, and that's all I need to do, and it works for me. Well, what kind of adjustments did you make to your diet that was so significant compared to what you had before? You know, that's the beauty of it. It's that I didn't give up anything. I still, to this day, eat anything and everything I want. I just don't have it all at once or at all the time. So you, when you do you eat more meals or do you eat three meals a day or how do you do that? You know, I eat frequently throughout the day and it sort of depends on what my mood is on any given particular day. Sometimes I eat four or five meals a day. Sometimes I only eat maybe three bigger meals a day. It's entirely up to what my mood is. But you don't eat, um, you know, large portions. You eat smaller portions, right? Usually. Like, although sometimes if I want more of something, I'll have it. Well, give me an example of some of the things that you eat. You know, I'm really big on a meal replacement shake that I really enjoy, so I do that throughout the day just to help sustain and curtail some of my cravings. I eat a lot of lean proteins, fruits and vegetables, salads, but then I also eat a lot of whatever I feel like eating that isn't necessarily deemed a healthy food per se. You mean like a cake? You know, I'm known for throwing down some (laughs) chicken fried steak. I am in Texas after all. Okay, great. Uh, well, give me an example just uh, for, for so the listeners can understand a little bit about like maybe an example of a diet, like maybe like today, yesterday or whatever. Or whatever. Well, on an average day, I typically start my morning off with a soy latte because I'm definitely big into coffee. And then I will move on and have a meal replacement shake. I will have some fresh fruit for lunch. I will always have heavy doses of lean protein, some vegetables, maybe in a salad or grilled veggies. You know, mid-afternoon, I'll have some, some maybe low-carb yogurt, add some, some nuts to it, or some kind of lean kind of cracker snack, gluten-free kind of thing, because that's just something that I'm really focused on. And then for dinner, I typically have something very lean as well, high-protein, fish, seafood, lots of seafood, some lean beefs. Do you watch your carbs? I mean, is carbohydrate something you keep down, or salt, or sugars, or anything like that? You know, I don't particularly curtail anything but I am very cognizant of what I'm eating and there is a big distinction between a simple carb and a complex carb meaning your simple carbs being your simple starches and white flours and things like that I do minimize those and focus more on things that have more nutritional value Uh, give me an example of something that has a lot of nutritional value you know a potato has been really given a bad rap because it actually has very high potassium more than a banana most people don't know that Um, But I'm really big on sweet potatoes. I love grilled vegetables. What about regular baked potatoes? Baked potatoes, just fine. I just don't load it up with, you know, too much of any one thing. I allow myself enough to meet the indulgence. Oh, no butter and bacon? Oh, no, I'll have butter and bacon. Don't kid yourself. I just don't have a lot of it, and I don't have it all the time. So does the size of the baked potato make a difference? Is it like when you go pick your potato from the store? Well, you know, again, it's not about 
depriving yourself of anything. It's about moderation. It's a balance. And so it is about having it all, just not all of it, all of the time. So do I pick out the biggest potato because I want a big potato? No, I don't. So I'll pick out a potato and squash that desire, but then I'll pair it up with some lean protein. Okay, on a typical day, uh, you like when you wake up, you said you like coffee and then you get something to eat. Well, is there a cutoff in the evening time when you say, hey, I'm not going to eat past a certain time, or is, is that something you watch also? No, because I firmly believe that within any one 24-hour period, you just need to keep balance, and you need to keep a consistent inflow of nutrition throughout the day. And so many times because of my, you know, I'm very big socially, I will eat late at night, but I will make healthy choices. I won't eat anything that's going to keep me up. Well, uh, you look really good today. Thank you. But you told me at one time you weighed 330 pounds. Is that correct? That's right. Okay. Could you give me an example about, uh, you know, what led up to you wanting to lose weight? I know there was something in your family or something like that. Is that correct? Right. I actually watched my mother die from obesity-related disorders. And so watching your mother pass away in front of you with congestive heart failure is very impacting. So that was a life-changing experience, to say the least. Absolutely. Okay, so uh, when you start, when you first started out, I'm sure it was a struggle because being 330 pounds, I mean, you're bound to have some enzymes in your stomach that are hyperactive and want to eat. So, how did you first start, uh, you know, your diet process or your nutrition process, I should say? Right. Well, here's the thing: is that I didn't get to 330 overnight, and I understood when I made the decision of where I wanted to be that it wasn't going to happen overnight either. And what I understood at that point is that weight loss truly is a decision. And if you commit to that decision and you just stick with it, you're going to have better days than others. Some days are going to be easy. Some days are going to be tough. But if you suck it up and you stay focused on where you're headed, you'll get there. You're human. You're going to have better days than others. And so when I made that decision, I just took it one day at a time. And I always say that it was a a one bite, one step, one day at a time process. Well, what about alcohol? How does that enter into your diet also? I drink. <laughs> I don't drink all the time, and I don't drink all of it, but I definitely drink. Um, I, I enjoy wine, you know, two or three times a week. I, If I'm out with the girls, I will definitely be seen with a martini or two in hand. It is what it is. I make better choices. I don't choose foo-foo drinks that are high in creams and sugars and things like that. I would rather do a grain vodka you know, so okay. to speak, or I would do wine okay. versus something creamy and foamy. Well, uh, when you, what was your diet like before, you know, you got up to 330 pounds. So what was your diet like before? I mean, you know, give me a typical day of what you used to eat or how many, how much you used to eat or what you used to eat. Oh gosh. Well, lots of fast food. Um, what, and- was, what was your favorite? I didn't, I, you know what, I wasn't prejudiced at all. It, if it was convenient and fast and I had such a hectic life, I, I threw it down. I can tell you that like the common cinnamon pack rolls that you buy at the store that have maybe 12 cinnamon rolls to the pack, mm-hmm. I could eat it in one sitting. Oh, that's that's not a problem for me either. <laughs> it became a problem for me when I was told not only, well, that I had high blood pressure and was on medication, but that I was pre-diabetic, so it became a big problem. Oh, really? So Absolutely. So you had high blood pressure. How high was it? Well, I mean, when you started, did you feel any symptoms or you just took your blood pressure? No, I had shortness of breath as someone who's that heavy would experience with just simple tasks, let alone forget going up and down stairs, just maybe even getting in and out of bed was a challenge. And then during a routine physical, it was told to me that I had very high blood pressure. Oh, and really? So I was put on medication. And I was on medication for a couple of years, and I still kept pushing the envelope and didn't heed any diet advice from my doctor. 
until the incident happened and I decided that I wanted to do something. The good news is, is I became his miracle patient because within six months I went off all medication and have never been on anything since. So your weight was at 330 pounds? Yes. And then six months later, what was your weight then? In six months, I cried because my goal was to have lost 100 pounds and I only lost 99. Yeah, that's a lot of weight. It was, but I had this goal. And so over the course of the remaining three months, I went on to lose the other 36 pounds, totaling 135. Oh, really? Yeah. But did you uh, cut back your uh, portions or, I mean, like at first you weren't a part of any significant, were you a part of a program or was this something you created on your own or how did this whole thing transpire? You know what? I figured it out on my own. Um, At the time, having been a nursing student, I had some insights as to, I knew what to do. There's no denying I knew better. I just simply hadn't applied it. I took it one day at a time and I just started really paying attention, reading labels, really understanding what I was buying, um, starting to make healthier choices. It wasn't so much rationing the volume as it was making better food choices. And then with that, I started to eliminate things that were not as healthy. And I certainly implemented a lot of exercise that first year in my life. I always joke about I worked out the one and only year of my life and never went back. I did have to apply myself physically more so than I have ever since, but I did, it was a case of one day at a time, eliminating, adding, tweaking the program as I went. One week I'd have great results, the next week not so great, so I would go back and look at what I had done the previous week, and then I would implement that and take it to the next level. Well, that sounds really good. Um, You have a lot more discipline than I do. You know, I think exercise, you know, I'm trying to do it with exercise, but I realize at my age that diet is gonna be very important also. Did you drink any soft drinks? At the time when I made the decision, yes, I was a big soda drinker. I would drink five or six sodas a day. Um, I eliminated soda pretty early on. I would say within probably the first couple months, I just realized and learned as I started to research it more and more that this was not really a healthy thing. Now, that's not to say that I never have soft drinks because I do from time to time, just nowhere near. I mean, I could have a six pack of soda in my fridge for months and then knock it out in a day. Well, if somebody is overweight, they have high blood pressure, and they're listening to you right now, what would be the first thing that you would tell them as far as in a stick-to-itiveness type manner, uh, you know, like when they get discouraged or they, like, uh, you know, they're pretty disciplined at first, and then after a while they fall off, and then they yo-yo going back and forth. What kind of advice would you give them? You know, get really clear on your why. Why have you decided this time that you want to lose weight? Is it that you're tired of being tired? Is it that you are rapidly deteriorating in your health? Is it that you want a better life and you want to have the energy to be able to do that? Get clear about your why because when you have bad days you need to look back on the why and stay focused and I always say that as you're headed to your destination obstacles and bad days are going to happen And you may have to change your course, but you don't change your destination. And it's okay to have an off day as long as you get back on track. Was uh, food a substitute on some level or another uh, as far as uh, giving you a peace of mind or your endorphins or anything like that? I mean, did you just crave food or was it a binge process or was it just bad eating? No, food was my comfort. It was my nurturer. It was my reward. It was my punisher. It was uh, multifaceted for me. Oh, really? Yes. When you say you're a punisher, what do you mean by that? You know, if I was feeling really down and depressed, it would become an attitude of, oh, to hell with it. And I would eat more 
and then I would feel bad, so then you'd eat more. And then I would snap out of it and decide that I wouldn't, and I'd be really good for a little while, and then I was being so good that I was going to reward myself, and it became a vicious cycle. Well, that was a lot of weight loss you did. Was there some sort of adjustment you had to make as far as your body goes? <laughs> I realize you probably had to buy a lot of clothing, but... I mean, at what point did, you know, losing that much weight that fast in six months or nine months or whatever it was, uh, was there something, uh, was there any negative repercussion physically or psychologically associated with that or? No, nothing negative will ever come of becoming more active and making healthier food choices. The behavioral changes that I implemented that led to my being successful at losing weight with it brought a whole new world for me and so with that I had to learn to embrace it understand I went from a size 24 to an 810 and I'm sitting in front of you and so clearly you know I look very different from the before pictures of me you've seen in fact the joke is is that were it not for my big smile it's dental records only you really don't recognize one woman to the other when the pictures are side by side that's true I saw that photograph of you I couldn't believe it that was like to, two different people and right. you know and your smile is a good smile well thank you so in even in the other picture you can tell it was you but you right. know that was the only thing that you could tell was your smile right so it's by dental records only so all of a sudden you know nine months later i emerge me today except turn back the clock where now i'm even younger than i am today the world became my oyster and there was some adjustment there because i was the same girl same education same heart same personality i was the same person but suddenly you know, checkout lanes were being opened for me at the store. The best tables were being given to me at a restaurant. I mean, it just these things happen, and they happen so abruptly that I had to really take heart, and it was relying on my faith that I had to, A, not let that go to my head and misuse now what had become available to me, but more important, not losing myself in that and recognizing that I was so blessed to have been able to, A, accomplish that, and get to experience that but then how could I take that and use it for greater good and that's where my passion really developed and I wanted everyone to have the best life they possibly could because nobody needs to be stuck in a 300 pound body whether you need to lose 20 pounds or 200 pounds if you're feeling stuck or you're limited in any way you don't need to be and life is so short that if I can help just one person and I've helped thousands at this point but to help them recognize and realize that they can very gently make the changes they need to make once and for all nothing radical all natural and get to where they want to be that's where my focus shifted because it was too great of a life change and even today I mean I'm very blessed and I know a lot of it has to do with just my personality and outlook on life but anyone and everyone can have this and there's no greater reward for me than each time I see someone accomplish that and every time I help somebody lose 100 pounds and I see them blossom like a butterfly what more could a girl want to do? And well, so that's what I love. You said something a second ago. You were talking about some uh, tables would open up at a restaurant. Sure. Give me an example about how long did it take your mind to make the adjustment from being obese and then being very attractive like you are now? Well, thank you, first of all, for the compliment. But um, I would say the first year, I was way out there. It was just, it was a culture shock, and I think I was lost. I... Um, I got caught up and I didn't know how to handle a lot of the attention and I really had to hone in and stay focused because I think there's a comfort in being overweight and some women for various reasons be it traumas they've experienced or what have you eat because it creates a buffer because they don't have to deal with attention and they don't have to deal with intimacy and they don't have to deal with people wanting to get close to them and so suddenly 
making the transition as I made it where that was then in my face everywhere I turned, um, it, it took probably about a year for me to really kind of gain some perspective and realize that there was way more to me and way more that I had to offer than just, you know, now suddenly the world's my oyster because I can be Miss Thing, you know, 18 years ago or whatever. Right. Well, that brings up a good point. I was just curious, uh, was there a lot of insecurity before and then you, what was the process of being uh, possibly insecure and then becoming a lot more secure with yourself and your confidence and everything that goes along with that? Well, if I had been asked at the time, I would have sworn and truly believed that I was not insecure. I believed myself to be very confident. I also believed myself to have mastered the art of dressing around it. I didn't realize I was as large as I was. We delude ourselves. We choose to see what we want to see or what we can handle seeing. And so the reality was is that I I absolutely was. I overcompensated. I, I joke now because today I could care less. I'm known for going out literally in my pajamas, hair up, no makeup. I don't care. I'm very confident, very sure of who I am. But not it has nothing to do with how I look. It has to do with who I am as a person in my heart and my personal belief systems. But I think at the time I overcompensated with the hair and the makeup and the clothes and all those things mattered, which they don't matter to me at all today. Well, that sounds really good. That would probably save a lot of money for some of the girls out there also. Because <laughs> I can remember many years ago, there was a girl that came to me. I was working at a health club, and she wanted to come in, and she wanted to join a membership. And I said, uh, well, let me ask you a question. I said, you know, how long has it been since – how long have you been thinking about coming in and, and working out? She goes, it's been about two years. And I said, really? Well, what took you so long to come in? She goes, well, I was just very busy with my family work and uh, a lot of social activities. And I said, well, let me ask you a question. Uh, w- are you willing to try to join up today? And she goes, yes, I am. And I said, okay, well, that's great. And then I told her the pricing and everything else. And she says, well, you know, that sounds a little bit pricey to me. And I said, well, how much money do you spend from the neck up? Mm. And I made her calculate what it was. And it came out to be about $34, $45 a month, hair, makeup, and so on. And I said, well, let me, let me enlighten you just a little bit. You know, if you're spending $40 a month from the neck up, you might as well take that money and just flush it down the toilet because from the neck down is just as important as the neck up. And you got to start focusing on your body just like you do your hair, just like you do your makeup. Because when you're looking in a mirror, you're looking at a full body shot, not just from the shoulders up. And she bought a membership. Because I find that was very shocking because I wasn't being, being exactly you know, cordial with her or anything. I was just being very blunt. And it worked. And uh, she lost a lot of weight and she worked out, changed her diet. And it was a lifestyle choice. And it uh, sounds like to me that you made that choice. I made that choice. And a lot of other people make that choice. Why is it so difficult for some people not to be able to make that lifestyle change that includes exercise, dieting, and everything else? Well, first, let me say that, yes, while it's a case of head up example to head neck down, as you just gave, I'd like to take it a step further. It isn't about what you see in the mirror. It's about what's on the inside. Can you put a price tag on your health? Your health, if you don't have that, I don't care if you've got the ideal career, the greatest man or greatest woman in the world. I don't care if you're wealthy, if you're a powerhouse or you're a peasant. If you don't have your health, you have nothing. And the cost and the suffering that will come with you not taking care of yourself is extraordinarily off the charts compared to what if you made it a priority today to maybe buy foods that might be a little more expensive because they're healthier 
Because, you know, convenience is not only unhealthy, it's equally expensive and it's going to kill you. So I say that, yes, the outward appearance is important, but it has to start with your insides, both your health internally as well as your heart and getting your heart clear. You have to have enough value on the gift you've been given of your life. Your life is a gift. And if you mistreat it and you misuse it, it's going to reward you accordingly or not. And so why is it difficult? I think a lot of people struggle with realizing that they really matter. They really matter. And maybe they've made mistakes in the past and they've had a rough life. You know, maybe life's been challenging or they've been dealt a really messed up hand. And so they've kind of given up or they just don't think they deserve better or they don't think they can do it. And I will argue to the grave that they can and that they are worth doing it. So I think when you get your head straight, when I teach and when I speak publicly, I always say, if I can help you change your thinking as to how you relate to food and to your life, your body will fall in line because healthy people don't make unhealthy choices. That's a fact. When I train people myself personally, I find out that it's not the body that I'm training. It's always the mind. Sure. You know, because that's their first thing. That's the biggest stumbling block is, you know, getting somebody to buy into the idea that they have to make change. Uh, how difficult is it for you to get people to change? I mean, you're so you actually uh, counsel people, is that correct? Well, I coach people, yes. And I, I do various events and speaking events, and people really come to me. You yourself met me through Facebook. Oh, yeah. And so you see what my Facebook looks like, and you see how I use it as a teaching tool every day. Um, you've also seen the hundreds of photos of me on Facebook, and the majority of them I'm in gym wear. So that just goes to show how much I don't care about getting dressed up and doing that whole thing. Um, so I place a lot of value on how you feel. And so because of that, I think that when people meet me via Facebook or in person or they've heard about me, when they talk with me on the phone or in person or even through writings, what they get, and it was said beautifully to me about someone actually in the public eye recently, that when I speak or when I write, they feel it. They, they just get it. And so when someone's struggling with weight and they talk to me, they get it and they get that I understand them. I may have lost the weight, I may look as I do today, but my brain is still 330 pounds. I still light up when I go to a buffet, but I have to implement the tools that I learned along the way. And so I think that the relatability factor for me to people that are struggling is so great that I haven't met a person yet that hasn't approached me wanting help that I've not been able to help and that isn't immediately able to see that one step at a time they can change and they take it on the big discipline it's a decision discipline has to be learned you're not born with that but you can't make a decision to be disciplined because you have to learn just as you crawl and then you walk and then you run you have to learn the discipline and you have to learn the tools to be able to enact such discipline but you have to make the decision first that you want to do that when you make the decision and you commit to it success will be yours but you have to be shown how well, that sounds really good. Let's take a little break right now. We'll be back here in just a second. Uh, I'm Jeff Overturf. Hey, baby. It's me. This next artist is Alexa LaSuter from Menta Solta. She's awesome. Hello there, Mr. Trouble. Sorry to Burst your bubble First I thought of you Had potential Then I found out you're artificial I'll give you this You know how to dazzle But somebody hurt you 
Okay, we're back now. This is Jeff Overturf. I'm with Coach Carla. And uh, earlier, caller, we were talking about, I heard you mention something like the uh, four pillars or some tools that are necessary to stay on course. Could you explain that a little bit, please? Absolutely. So as I stated, the four pillars for me start with proper nutrition, moving more, behavioral changes, and accountability systems in place. And so the tools are in alignment with those four pillars because 
having the right tools, knowing what foods are what from a standpoint of simple carb, complex carb, a glycemic index, what foods are going to help boost your metabolism, what's going to give you the most bang for your buck, the most energy for the lowest calories, etc. So that's the first part. That's the first pillar. Then the second part to support that and to support those efforts would be exercises to think like a sprinter and not a long distance runner, meaning someone like myself who doesn't enjoy working out and is not someone who's going to embrace going to the gym for 45 minutes or an hour or even getting on a treadmill for 20 minutes. I have no interest. I learned and found amazing tools that I could implement that would help boost my metabolism, that would give me all of the workout that I need in 10 minutes or less on any given day that I could even do in just one minute increments. And then the behavioral changes, look, bottom line, you got to change what you're doing because if you don't, nothing else is going to change. And so in order to become the person you want to be, you're going to have to do things you've never done. And then last, the accountability factor, having systems and supports, participating in support groups, or in my case where, you know, my clients participate in the forum with me, they're blogging with me, they're Facebooking with me, and or calling me or emailing me directly so that I can each week support them and cheer them all the way to success. Well, I don't mean to bring up the big E exercise, but uh, do you ever or do any of your uh, clients or people that follow you uh, get together and exercise together, say a walk or a run or a bike ride or anything like that. Is that something you encourage also? Well, I'm really big here in the community in Dallas as far as supporting our efforts here locally in different charities. And so I will, from time to time, two to three times a year, organize a walk, not a run, a walk on, say, the Katy Trail. It was my most recent one. It was a 5K. And I organized a large group of people to come out and just leisurely walk through and really just get them in the mindset of moving more and enjoying the activity as they were doing it. And so yes, I do organize those events from time to time, but they're of no cost, they're just things I choose to do to help support various things here in town. So this will give somebody an opportunity to meet you in person, I guess. Absolutely, absolutely. Good. (laughs) I usually do get a pretty good turnout. People usually start first by getting to see me and getting to chat with me, you know, via Facebook and Twitter and what have you. And then when I do announce that I'm doing those events, I've had people pretty much from all over Texas come in to, to meet me and get to chat with me and really get on program and get started in embracing the new life that's laying out there for them to have. Well, what do you find works for you better? Is it, Do women respond to you first and foremost, or do men also, or what would be the ratio of that? You know what's interesting? I would say definitely I have more female to men as far as a ratio but response it's the same because the struggle is the same and i have men who've told me that they've had relationships fall apart because their mates felt that they were no longer attractive and didn't want to be intimate i've had men tell me they've missed opportunities in their careers within their companies i've had men tell me that they're lonely and won't even attempt to approach a woman well those things exist for women as well and so that's just the human level of suffering and struggle and so it doesn't matter if they're male or female the response is the same well on your walk did you have a equal amount of people show up with men and women both i would probably say it was a maybe not quite 50 50 maybe 60 40 i had a lot of men and i had them bring their children and their dogs as well and lots of media attention comes out when i do things like that as well so it was really a fun event awesome yeah from the looks of you i think there'd be nothing but men and women i I don't see why they would be out there at all (laughs) but you know i can see how you could be a champion to a lot of women because you did 
Definitely. Because you lost so much weight and uh, your lifestyle is so much better now than what you said it was before. Absolutely. And can I tell you that there isn't a woman alive that I can't help her embrace a better self. And when you start to feel better about yourself and more confident and more self-assured, your hair starts to change, your makeup changes, your clothing style changes, your attitude changes, how you walk in the room changes. And it's amazing how you can go from over there to over here just by taking care of yourself, starting with what matters most, your health. So yeah, they may look to me for whatever, but I can turn them into all that and then some. So beauty is truly in the eyes of a beholder. Once they get to know you and they, they see what you've done and everything else, then that just adds to your beauty, I guess. You know, I have a very dear friend that the most beautiful thing that has ever been said to me someone in her presence said oh gosh Carla you're really beautiful and she jumped up and with full conviction said she's even more beautiful on the inside and that's what I place my value on because you know I'm I'm getting older just as everyone else is I could be hit by a Mack truck and be disfigured but my heart and my faith and my way of being remains the same that reminds me of Gabrielle Reese one time she was on the Tonight Show and somebody had this was 1996 she was on the front cover of uh I can't remember if it was Cosmopolitan or which magazine it was, but she's, she was voted the most beautiful woman in the world. And uh, she was asked, she goes, what do you think about uh, being voted the most beautiful woman of the year? And uh, she goes, well, I don't think anything about it because I was born with my looks. But if you want to ask me about my golf game or my volleyball and you want to talk about my accomplishments as a person, that's where I put my value in. And she goes, I don't mean to sound stuck up or anything, but, you know, when people talk to me, talk about what I can do, what I do, not what I look like. So the meaning for me is my effort and my work. I thought that was one of the most amazing things I ever heard from a woman, especially because she's so beautiful. Absolutely. And so kudos to her for having said as much, but it's true. Well, let me ask you a question. Uh, You were talking earlier about, uh, you know, some uh, supplements and diets and some encouraging things and stuff like that. Uh, if people, the listeners in the audience, if they want to get a hold of you, uh, where's a, where would be the first place that you would want to take them to? Well, you know, the, certainly they have a couple different ways to do that. Facebook, just about everyone I know at this point, children included, have a Facebook page. And so I have a fan page, which is Coach Carla Weight Loss. It's the fan page on um, Facebook. And then, of course, there's my website, which is much the same as my fan page, CoachCarlaWeightLoss.com. Well, that's awesome. Well, Carla, I really appreciate you coming by, and we've had a pretty good interview, and it was nice to meet you. Thank you. And uh, we'll be doing a couple more shows here shortly in the future. Excellent. And uh, so I guess we'll just uh, say goodbye now, and uh, we'll get back to everybody here shortly. All right, then. Well, good night, and thank you so much. Thank you very much. Are you struggling with your weight? Do you feel like an outcast? Are you wanting compliments or perhaps a different kind of compliment? More important still, are you compromising your health? Well, if you've answered yes to any of these questions, it is time for you to make a change. And you can. If you want to eliminate your fat cells for good and you want to have it all, please go to www.coachcarlaweightloss.com. Again, www.coachcarlaweightloss.com, where you will find the answers once and for all for an all-natural, sustainable way that you too can lose weight. Or you can reach me, Coach Carla, at 888 557 3929.